Hey, hey, welcome to the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. What a show we have for you here this week. There's a lot of racing to cover, even though we are um, basically to the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, a lot of stuff to go over, uh, mainly the Bigley Memorial Race down at the 417 Southern Speedway this weekend. Um, I had the chance to go over to the Orlando Speed World, the old hallowed grounds, if you will, uh, to announce the Crash-O-Rama, or the, I'm sorry, the Tour Destruction event. I know it is Crash-O-Rama from a, from a child, but I went over there and did the Tour Destruction with Steve, so we'll cover that. Um, Margo paid attention to the Auburndale Wheelman event, so we'll cover a little bit of that and a whole lot more here on the show. Um, before we get into it, though, um, definitely want to give a shout out and send our well wishes to the LeBeau family. Uh, poor Dylan went to practice over at Auburndale on Friday, wasn't feeling right, and uh, actually ended up in the hospital, had an infection, I believe in his heart, and they've been working on that. And uh, the last report I got um, was that he was headed back home. So I think everything's looking good there. But we wanted to send as a podcast our well wishes to LeBeau's because they've been through a lot and uh, they're good friends of the show. So we hope that everything continues to go well for them. And uh, for updates, you can follow follow uh, Molly LeBeau on Facebook because she's been putting all the updates out there. Um, that's why we're able to tell you what's going on here. So, again, our thoughts with the LeBeau family and uh, hope for a speedy recovery for Dylan. Hope to see him on track here very, very soon. But to uh, to get right into it here because we've got a lot to cover on this week's show, I want to welcome in our first guest of the evening, and joining me right now is our good friend, Mr. Kenny Roth, or you may know him as Skinny. How's it going, Kenny? It's going good, man. How, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. What a long weekend. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a long weekend, a long time in the car riding to a track <laughs> three hours away. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I'm glad when I reached out to you that uh, you said you wanted to go, because I don't know if I could do that ride by myself. That's that's quite quite a trip south. Um, but I, I got to tell you, uh, spoiler alert, to me it was well worth the trip. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a very uh, fun trip. I had a blast. There was a lot of good experiences. Uh, some weirdness on the ride home and everything. We'll definitely <laughs> talk about that and oh, stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It, it wouldn't be a trip for me somewhere if something didn't go weird. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that here at the end. Um but yeah, we decided to make well for me an annual pil- annual pilgrimage down to the 417 Southern Speedway to watch the Bigley Memorial. I went there last year. Um, thought it was a pretty good race. Um, some interesting characters in the race, I guess you could say. They had drivers from uh, the Midwest, of course, a whole bunch of Florida drivers, and uh, even a driver from Vermont. So, um, in my opinion, it was a good field. I. Th- think they were expecting a few more cars um but i'm not even going to complain about the cars because they had a very solid field I, I think the comment i made to you before they took the green flag is man this is a really solid field of late models oh uh, yeah it was a very solid uh, field of late models and very good racing and for my first time and i guess you could say kind of only time i'll ever go to 417 i i enjoyed it i mean that's been kind of my thing this year is to go around and see the other tracks while we're not racing. So I've managed to see almost every track now. So it was awesome experience. Yeah. I, I guess if there's any good to not being able to race every weekend at our home track, we've been able to take some time and explore. You've been to Auburndale, Citrus, um, now down to 417. And 
you know, uh, it's it's unfortunate that that'll probably, unless you get a hankering to go in the next month or so, um, it's very unfortunate that that'll be the last chance we get because um, after going to the Big League last year, and that was my first time to that race, I had been to 417 uh, previously for a, for a sportsman race just on a whim. Um, but I was kind of like, yeah, this could be my annual thing to go down and support the Big League. Um, I, I know Robert Howell and the folks at uh, SSR do a great job promoting that event and trying to get drivers down there. And it's hard this time of year. I mean, you got the holidays coming up. Um, it's big race season, as we like to say. Um, I I still got to calculate the points on on the the big race challenge thing that we did. It's either going to be Michael Atwell or George Gorham that won that, by the way. Uh, but it's uh, tough to get uh, tough to get people down there with with the holidays. Uh, Thanksgiving, of course, just happening. You got Christmas. You've got normally the Governor's Cup. You've got the Snowball Derby on the horizon. So to get thirty plus really good race cars down to the 417 Southern Speedway, which is a haul for a lot of these guys. I mean, you know, you think coming to New Smyrna is a, is a long haul because you got to come down halfway through the state to add another three hours down to 417 to get all the way down there for these guys uh, that are traveling. That's quite a commitment. And then a week before the snowball, um, that that's why I think you saw a couple of names that maybe you would expect to be there that weren't there. But all in all, would you say it was a good quality field? Oh, it was a uh, fantastic field. I mean, you had Ty Majeski, you had Michael Atwell, you had uh, your guy, Nick Sweet. Yep. He, he actually did very well. He I did. Mean, he surprised me. He was very uh, consistent when he was actually racing. Like, it, it seems like his qualifying, maybe they just missed the setup or they set up for the long race, you know. So, you never know. But he seemed very consistent, in my opinion. Yeah, talking about Nick Sweet, um, when I talked to him when, when we first got there, uh, he was kind of like, yeah, we we're, we haven't been really fast, so we're hoping we race well. Um, he's like, I don't know if we'll qualify all that well. And again, first time he's ever been there, first time he's raced a super late model for Steve Dorer. Um, so just a lot of learning for him. And he said, hey, we're just using this as a learning opportunity, kind of get out of the snow, enjoy the great weather, which I joked with him, like, man, it's too hot. So you could have brought some of that cooler weather with you. Um but no, he 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 missed the qualifying cut by like two positions, went out, won his B feature, if you will, or his Concy, transferred to the main event, started deep in the field and survived. There was a lot of attrition in the feature, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, once Nick got kind of rolling, it seemed like it took him about 80, 85 laps to really get the hang of things. Then he started working his way up for a while there. Um he was up in front of George Gorham holding him off, and he was right up in the thick of things before George got into him a little bit, sent him around. But uh, Nick was able to finish eighth, so that was definitely the driver that I was following um, kind of as the sentimental favorite, if you will, for me. And I thought he did very well. I think Nick can call it a successful trip. Oh, definitely. I would say that he could say the same thing. Um, I was very proud of when he accomplished out there like you said once he started rolling it seemed like he got into the groove he was picking them off so i gotta ask you overall what do you think of the event because it's a pretty unique event now you kind of understand why being there uh walking through the pits it's it's a tight quarters pit area back there um, oh, they, oh, very, very tight. I mean, I I feel they could have maybe put a small division in there just for the down because there there was a lot of downtime in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But 
overall the event was good it was good racing they once the racing was going on everything was flowing real well to the degree i mean i know there was a little bit to me i called them some lazy yellows it took a little while for caution to come out and i was just like come on we gotta call a caution yeah there there was a couple (laughs) of times there, there were a couple of times where we had enough time to look at each other with that look of like what the hell on our face and then the yellow still wasn't out and then it came out so i know what you're saying there um the the downtime it that's why you know a lot of these bigger events will have support divisions uh the snowball derby stands on its own because all the qualifying and prelims are done the day before um so they're just ready to race and it's one race so they can get away with that um i get it you get it it's tight back there i feel like you could probably throw pure stocks you could do crown vix or something even if you limited the amount of drivers that could be there say hey it's limited to 15 cars because that's, that's all we're going to have room for or if you got a section off part of the parking lot uh to get one other class in there just to fill the time because and i'm not knocking 417 i'm not knocking the event it's a great event i would go every year if it were to still happen but i feel like we got there around what was it 230 kenny something like that yeah, yeah it was about 230 and they were finishing practice and then from, I think practice ended at like 2.45 or 3 o'clock as we were getting in. And um, practice ended. And from that period until 5.30 when qualifying started, there was nothing and barely any announcements. So, you know, luckily me and Kenny were involved in this kind of stuff. So we know where to go to look for schedules. And we had a rough idea of what was going on. But if you're just sitting in the stands, you know, you're not savvy on social media. You really didn't know what was going on or what was coming up next like they started qualifying and that's when they started talking um so that like there there wasn't to me there wasn't enough information being passed along to the general public uh to keep them updated um like i knew there was going to be last chance qualifiers but you really didn't know until the race at the racetrack what the deal was and there was provisionals that were handed out to a couple of drivers i had no idea that that was a thing um, did you hear the provisionals get announced? Because we noticed the 94 and another car just kind of like lagging back. I never heard anything about provisionals until the feature started. Uh, I didn't hear anything about provisionals. I thought it was the top 20 got in and then there was the top three after that. And then, and I mean, there was, there was a lot of no com- communication, like just dead silence i mean you sat in the stands and if you didn't know what was going on you were like all right when are we gonna race yeah and we sat by uh gabe sommer's uh mother and family and how many times did they turn around and ask us what was going on oh i'm probably about 20 times like, right uh, do you know what's going on i mean there was even cars not even moving and they would be like nothing the announcer wouldn't say nothing so well at one know. point I mean, I, that, that's maybe that's his gig what he does but it just felt like to me it was uh, very quiet <laughs> yeah and, and at one point they had a couple of cars come out this was after the non-qualifiers race they had a couple cars come out for hot laps and um, they didn't. The announcers didn't say anything. Normally, you go, "Oh, we got some cars coming out for hot laps. This isn't racing. You know, you're not missing anything. They're just shaking down their cars." And uh, those two cars came out. And this was after the the four car calamity that was the non qualifier race. And, and Gabe Sommer's mom goes, "So what are we doing now?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is the two car 100 lapper." And she looked at me like I was crazy. And she's like, "No way. I'm not sitting through this." And I'm like, "I'm kidding. It's hot laps." But yeah. that's the uh, kind of was, thing. I mean, 
the non-qualifier race that was i i don't even i I watched half of it and then you told me as i was looking for a battery pack uh what had happened and then then i come there and it was just two cars and then one car so well it's funny you go we were trying to find that battery pack and I couldn't find it. So you went out to the car to look for it. And you, you kind of told me about halfway through the race. You're like, yeah, I know how this is going to go. So I'm going to go look for that. And boy, did you miss a lot. Uh, let, let's just go ahead and start there. Uh, non-qualifier race. If you didn't qualify in the top 20 and you didn't finish in the top three in, um, in one of the LCQs, you went to the non-qualifier race, which paid 1600 to win. That's pretty good payout for a 50 lap feature. And I'm glad yeah. they do that. You would think that that would draw a whole bunch of cars just so you knew, like, okay, even if we go all the way down there, we don't qualify, we still have a chance to not lose our ass. Um, but yeah. after various mechanical problems, after qualifying, uh, Corey Crisofoli didn't start, uh, Granger Para, Chad Rutherford, Keith Zavril, uh, they didn't start. So it should have been an eight-car race. So everyone's that's going, oh, they didn't have any cars. Well, they did, but over the course of the day, things happen. So we got to give credit where credit's due. Um it looked like for much of the race that uh, the 58 car was going to win. However, it was supposed to be John Kaufman. But as you told me, because you, you've got some insight with that group, um, yeah. you, you kind of told me like, hey, they're putting Jason Lester in the car. And I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. And it looked like Jason Lester was going to spank the field, and he would have. But uh, that drew the ire of the track owner, Mr. Gentry, who during a caution went down there and was like, yeah, that's not John Kaufman. Because the non-qualifier race was for people who didn't qualify, and John originally tried to qualify, and Jason didn't. Now, obviously, if Jason had been in the car all day, it wouldn't have been a problem. He would have won the race and would have had a nice payday, but they kicked him off the racetrack. And I, I think that's fair, and I know people were making a big deal about it, and just because Jason Lester and I don't uh, see eye-to-eye right now, um, if, if he had done it fair and square, then all good. But he didn't, so in my opinion, he deserves to be DQ'd. How do you see that? I mean, I I totally get it and everything, and uh, like I, my thing is, it's like they mo- the media made it out to be like uh, like they were doing it to try to steal money, but it actually really was just uh, to let Jason Lester get a tryout and see if he can drive the car because they're gonna possibly be having Jason Lester in the car this next season. Yeah, so really, it, it was a let's let's put somebody in here and see what we really have kind of situation. Just like Rich Clouser qualified the other 58 car in the top 20, had a very solid run. So it's kind of like, Hey, let's, let's put somebody else in the car. No offense to John Kaufman, uh, but Jason Lester's pretty good wheel man. And um, he would have done a, a darn good job uh, if they, you know, maybe they should ask permission first and got it approved before they just pulled out there. Uh, trying, you know, because I could see how, without saying anything, that that might look like you're trying to pull a fast one. But I think you're right, Kenny. I think they were just looking to evaluate the team. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, Kaufman's—they're real uh, good people to me. I mean, their uh, company, Kaufman Tech, is one of my main sponsors. So they're good people, and they're just trying out. I mean, that's kind of like uh, practicing in race trim, you know. Absolutely. I mean, still, I got a kick out of it when they did DQ him in the middle of the race just because he he's decided to get on my uh, bad side lately. So I just thought it was... It, yeah, you were saying they were booing him and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> G- given who it was, it was very entertaining. And it made that race, because um, it was kind of, well, 
it, for lack of a better term, it was kind of a shit show. Um, you had people spinning out, wrecking each other. There's four cars in the race. The biggest wreck of the day was Cody Kaufman getting into Chad Chastain and then punching the outside wall. And then Chad yeah, Chastain. He, broke, he broke a uh, the, uh, steering. Like, oh. I guess when they when they had contact, that they makes broke sense. the steering and it shot him up into the wall. Yeah, and he hit hard. That was the biggest wreck of the day. Um, yep. And then Chad Chastain, he keeps going, but then he has a tire issue. And they throw the checkers and they give the win. I don't say give the win, but uh, Chris McIntyre was able to survive all of this and win that non-qualifier race, take home the 1600 bucks. It's like his third ever race. And um, not who I expected to win, given the guy, I think the guy spun out in qualifying. I think he spun out in yeah. practice. Uh, I think he spun out in the, non, or in the last chance qualifier. Hell, I think he spun out in the race he won, too. Uh, so the guy was definitely um, in the race he deserved to be in, but... Given everything that went down that day, I feel like he should have transferred into the main event after all that. Yeah, they should have at least been like, here, uh, give him the option. Do you take the money or you take the chance? Well, if if, <laughs> if they gave him the option, I think he takes the sixteen hundred bucks and uh, yeah. versus the start money. But yeah, it was it was interesting. It was a very entertaining race. Um, all things considered, it definitely was one of those um, you know you wouldn't believe it if you didn't see it kind of races, but. Um, and again, that was the non-qualifier races. I think Kenny and I kind of nailed down qualifying. I, we kind of predicted who we thought was going to be good. Um, we, of course, had our fingers on Ty Majeski, who qualified third, which to me was a bit surprising. Um, but both of us mentioned Michael Atwell and Michael Goddard being well in qualifying. And uh, Michael Atwell was the fast qualifier. And Michael Goddard ultimately second over Albert Francis, Nick Neary, and Gabe Somers. They have, um, they have Ty Majeski as a DQ. Was there any surprises to you in qualifying, Kenny, in the single car deal? Uh, no, nah, I'm pretty sure that was the way it was going to come plan out, and that's the way it planned out, in my opinion. I think, to me, the biggest surprise, and again, I don't mean any offense to, uh, to, to this team, but it was really nice to see Rich Clouser get up on the wheel and uh, qualify the 58 car in uh, for Kaufman, I know he's been helping those guys for about a year now, and really he's helping them get up to speed. Um, I remember last year, Rich was in position to qualify in one of the LCQs and blew a motor. They blew a motor in practice the night before, and then Rich went and put the car, which they didn't have a lot of practice time on, in the show. I thought uh, that was the most impressive thing in qualifying. Oh, yeah, definitely. Rich uh, is an amazing driver. I mean, you see what he's done in the super stock when he's in the super stock, and then he's been a uh, sportsman uh, running that. I mean, at 417 in the sportsman, winning there. So you think he would do good in a super late model, and he proved that he did. Absolutely. Well, Rich is a wheelman, and his son is a wheelman. I think if, if Kate had kept at it, she would have been a wheel woman because um, <laughs> she was great in quarter midgets. So. Uh, that's a great racing family right there, and uh, it's good to see that uh, they're helping out the Kaufmans. And who knows? Sounds like uh, Jason Lester might be their their hot shoe now, but we'll see how that develops. Um, after qualifying, of course, there were the two. They have them listed as heat races, but they were the last chance qualifiers. That first one, Kenny, had a lot of action. You had a hell of a battle between Chad Chastain, Sean Lamaster, and Ryan Walters, who spun out two or three times in that LCQ to actually make the race. And I think. To me, watching Ryan Walters uh, battle his way after being spun out several times into the main event was quite impressive. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that was a, a very good race. Uh, a lot of action on that race. 
And a lot of it, yeah. The amount of times that he spun out, I was like, <laughs> and he still made it. Yeah, I'm like, he doesn't have any tire left, and he kept he kept getting up there, and he got kicked to the outside, and then he cut back to the inside. He'd give contact back to the other guys. Um, that that first LCQ was was very entertaining, and uh, Cody Martell won that one. They had the second LCQ, which was cleaner, but it had mechanical problems. You had uh, Corey Crisofoli shut down. You had Keith Zavril shut down. Uh, Keith Roggins' car was off the pace. Um, Chad Rutherford did not start. So you had a lot going on in that second race, but it was more mechanically based. And, and some of those cars, I, I think we predicted that Christopher and Zavril were going to make it into the show. They broke. They don't make it. Nick Sweet dominates and gets the win. And I think Nick Sweet having that extra 20 laps on track helped him in the main event. Oh, yeah. I believe he that probably got him a little bit more comfortable in the car and actually confidence and um he probably brought that over into the main event yeah because i mean let's be real the the qualifying and practice way different animal than actual race conditions in the heat you know in the nighttime uh races about an hour away so i think to him like I, i wanted him to make the top 20 just so he was in the show you know he was my sentimental favorite um but I, again, I think this get, getting a chance to go out there in race conditions and race some guys, like you said, helped his confidence and translated to that main event. Uh, he wins the final LCQ. John Nutley makes it in. And I think the Cinderella story, the hometown guy, David Weaver, makes it in at his home track in the last uh, big event, raced his way in. Now, yes, there were mechanical problems. Yes, a lot of cars didn't finish. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to take advantage of the cards that are dealt to you and David Weaver actually racing his way into the main event was definitely a story that, in my opinion, I feel got overlooked by the people at the actual racetrack. Oh, definitely. I mean, I see, I see him at every, uh, world series and big events there. They show up and race out there at New Smyrna. And then I believe you said that that was his pro late model. You think? Yeah. even being a pro late model coming out there and making the show. Yeah, and I think there were a couple of cars that would qualify as pro lates if they came to race at New Smyrna. Because uh, you can get away with that at the smaller tracks. They, some some tracks will give you a weight advantage, and sometimes you just don't need all that extra power to be able to keep the momentum up. Like Bray Holmes races the late models, the super lates or whatever, over at Auburndale, and he's battling George Gorham and the likes of those cars and finishing top three. So you can get away with that there. Uh, but yeah, David Weaver who had probably the coolest second-place finish ever at Speed Weeks a couple of years ago. Um, I was just happy to – they're a great family. Happy to see them qualify into the big show. Um, and then the um, the provisionals went – one to Keith Rogan, and then the other, I believe, went to Sean LeMaster. And then Johnny K actually uh, qualified his way in. He was one of the cars that came out for that hot lap session. He actually didn't start the main event. So 27 cars took the green flag for – the Bigley Memorial, which on a track that size, you could probably fit, you know, you could probably fit 30 if you really wanted to. But I think, you know, with the the field of cars that were there to have the qualifying events, the LCQs, um, to have a couple of cars not make the main event makes things more important and, and makes the field more exclusive and a bigger deal just to make the show. So I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, but again, it's like I said at the top of the show and I said to you, well, before we watched the race, I'm like, this is a hell of a field. I'm, I'm really excited for this race. And uh, overall, I thought, now, I, I'm not I, I'm not worried about the DQ at this point. We'll talk about that. But I thought the racing between Michael Atwell and Ty Majeski for about 75% of this race 
with some of the best super late model racing you'll ever see. Oh, it was some great racing. I mean, even in the beginning when uh, Gabe Summers and Ty Majeski, I believe, yeah. like you even said that well, I think we he used his tires up, but that was great racing. Yeah, it really was. Gabe started on the pole and led some laps early, and he raced well with, with Majeski. There was one point uh, in the race when, when Ty ultimately got the lead and then held on to the end where uh, it was a long green flag run. He took the lead away, and you you basically just waved at him, and you kind of did that waving, you know, kind of like shoo-shoo motion with your hand, and you're like, yep, that's it, that's it. Yeah, yeah. and you just drove away for a little bit. But, I mean, one thing we definitely need to touch on was uh, how about the uh, announcing of the uh, starting position? Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> honestly, and, and I, I really don't want to riff on these guys because I don't know them. And they're doing their job. They're doing their thing. And they, they had fun with the night. I could definitely tell they were having a good time. But, yeah, that uh, starting lineup was very uninspired for a big event. Like, I get it. The drivers are already in the cars, and you're trying to do it quickly. They had that long autograph session, which was a good value for the fans. But, like, they just didn't really build these guys up, and it should have been a bigger deal. And then they had the top six redraw. The guy couldn't remember who, who was starting where. And the way he announces the pole sitter and starting on the pole – Gabe Somers. And and again, we're sitting next to Gabe Somers' mom and we look at each other and we look at them and they're just like, what the hell was that? Yeah. I, I didn't even hear, I heard him say uh, position six and then I didn't hear position five, three, two, four, three, two, one. He just kind of mumbled through it because he didn't know where anyone was starting. So he's just like, I think we got this guy and then we got Anthony Sergi. I don't know who that is, but you know, <laughs> They they kind of fumbled through the starting lineup, and that was that was disappointing, just because of how big this race is. That they just kind yeah. of brushed that off, you know. Was they, that over the the broadcast too? I don't know. I think I I think they had a different broadcast crew. I think Jake Wilson oh, was good. doing the announcing, so I'm sure that went went well because Jake is Jake is one of the best in the business. It so, was funny uh, on the broad when I, we were down there doing the autograph session. Uh, Tim Diggs was uh, messaging me. He goes, "Hey man, him and Eugene. They sent me a picture. I guess the camera that was on the fence. I was standing by it. It was by his, uh, Anthony's car, and uh, they said go by the camera. And then I started pointing at the camera, and they were all laughing and sending me pictures of me on camera. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> But I, I saw I mean, him at one point, and I was going to walk by and, and, and wave because I think Margo was watching. But then I got talking to Judson, and we were making our race predictions. So that was more entertaining than trying to get on camera for me. Um, I, I do like the uh, going down there and letting the fans get down with the uh, drivers and stuff. That's something they should do at all the big events. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that adds so much value to your ticket and to the, mm-hmm. to the evening. And now we had, we had pit passes, but I enjoyed – I, I enjoy being able to walk down to the pits and then out onto the track and not have to wait in the line to get on the track. <laughs> yeah, and then you got your picture with uh, uh, Nick. Sweet yes, yes, after, I did. Like you kept letting all the kids go, and then you're like, "All right, I gotta go." Yeah, well, they were kicking people <laughs> off, and I'm like, "Oh, the kids are coming up, getting autographs and stuff." And I don't want to be in the way. I'm not trying to fanboy. I just, you know, I'm like, I, I you know, I, I grew up watching this guy race, so I got to get in here and get a picture and send it to my uncle and all that stuff because he called he's the one that texted me last week while we were recording to tell me nick was coming down so i'm like yeah i gotta get in and get a picture and i'm glad i did so um, it was good it was good i like the start like you said i think they could have done 30 30 cars in the start but 27 cars that looked good that was my one good video i got was the start of the race so i understand that 
A lot of a uh, lot of attrition though, which seems to be the norm for super late model racing. Like you'll get a good feel of the cars, but you know by the three quarter mark of the race, you're down to you know usually between sixteen and eighteen cars. I think there's fourteen to sixteen left at the end, which is about half the field, but definitely a lot of attrition. Not a whole lot of wrecks. A couple of spins. But a lot of mechanical issues, and I just I don't. Just stop and. Yeah, Nick Neary at one point, I, I didn't like this, but he kind of got pushed up out of the groove and then stopped on the racetrack and drew a caution. I think that should have been a lap penalty. Uh, Nick recovered for seventh. Um, I, I really thought we we had a long green flag run at one point, and I looked over to you and I said, "Hey, look at the thirty car," because Jesse Dutilly started um uh, he had to go to the back because he forgot to take the tape off of his grill after uh after qualifying and they were yeah. staged with the tape he had to pit or else he was going to overheat and kill the motor so he pits at uh, during the parade laps comes out starts 27th he's tearing up through the field one of the few cars able to make a lot of passes and over the long green flag run that kind of took us into the the final portion of the race i looked at you and said hey if the 30 gets a caution he's gonna win this thing and then he even put on his Facebook, Kenny, uh, he's like, yeah, we, we had a fast car and we just needed a caution at the end. We would have been right there. We got the caution we needed and then the hub broke. So I don't know if you saw that or what, but you called it. It was a hub issue that took Jesse Dutilly out because I think he would have been in the mix to maybe be on the podium, uh, if not win the thing at the end of the, uh, with the cautions that came out at the end. Oh, definitely. I mean, when you told me to watch the 30, like you said, he pulled off and he was just picking them off. And he definitely seemed like he had uh, way better drive in and everything. And maybe he just was driving it so much harder. That's what uh, messed up the hub. Because when I went walking through the pits to go get my camera, um, I seen that they had a they were switching off a hub to another hub. So mechanical, like remember how we were talking the other uh, like earlier this year talking about parts are just being rushed now so i just don't think parts are going to last as long as they used to because everything got rushed in the whole covid era yeah and everybody's trying to catch up and keep things going and keep you know supply chains as good as can be i think we're going to see a lot of mechanical stuff during snowball week i think we're going to have a lot of cars uh have to swap parts during practice i think we're going to see a lot of teams load up early I, I just have a bad feeling. Practice. Yeah, my favorite, you know, nine days of practice at the Snowball Derby. Um, <laughs> if you want to know how I feel about that, you can go back and listen to last year's shows. I'm not going to get – I'm just going to try to enjoy the race this year. Um, but, no, I, I think we're going to – I think it's going to come down to only a handful of cars left at the Snowball Derby too, and I think that's just the the way that we live in racing these days. And it's not just a super late model thing. It's an all – I mean – how often do you go on Facebook and see, oh, we went to practice, now we broke, we're not racing, or, hey, does anybody have this part that I can get? I mean, it's all over the place. So um, that was the the big thing to take away from the race because there, there were some spins, some some contact, some hard racing. There were a couple of moves that that had me holding my breath with the leaders getting through lap traffic. So like uh, overall, very enjoyable race. Um, it, we did get a caution at the end. And I thought it was very respectful racing between Ty Majeski and Michael Atwell because Atwell could have gave him the bumper. They could have wrecked everybody. They could have gotten I, – I told you, I'm like, the race is going to get stupid with like 10 to go, and it never did. It was a very solid professional stand-up race between Majeski and Atwell. Oh, it was a very good race. I mean, they they used each other 
respectfully, like you said, and not really, nobody really was trying to spin each other out. I mean, on those little short tracks, you're going to get a little bit of rubbing. Oh, for sure. Little sideways and everything, but it seemed like they they allowed each other to collect it up because I watched some of the in-cars. Both cars had a camera in it, so I watched some of the in-cars, and they did get some contact, but it was all within racing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, within, within the lines of racing, and uh, of course... You know, at the end of the day, uh, Ty Majeski takes the checkered flag and he kind of avenges his tough outing from last year. Michael Atwell second. Michael, of course, the defending champion of this event. So you expected those guys to be up front. And I, I think the right cars were in the right positions at the end of the race. But, of course, with a super late model race, it's never over until, well, hours afterwards. And on the way home, we got the messages... Uh, Ty Majeski was DQ'd. Apparently, a hollowed-out bolt in the suspension did him in. What do you think about that? Oh, I, that's a heartbreaker. I it mean, is. I, I, I follow the uh, Toby product, uh, Race Products page, and the uh, owner owned up to it saying that it was just a missight on him using a bolt just to use it. So, I mean, at least he took up for making a mistake, but... Imagine losing $30,000. Yeah, and, and that's tough. And, and I know there are some people that are like, I can't believe they DQ'd a guy for that. But again, if it's, it's a rules, rules, if it's in the rules and you don't uphold that for this event, then it loses all credibility. And, and, and then, you know, and now everyone's like, oh, well, Ty should never come back and race there. Well, he's not going to be able to. So, because the track's going away. So that's just a stupid thing to say. Um, but it sucks because... What what did that gain him? Probably nothing that you would see on paper. Um, um, yeah, I mean that was what maybe a maybe a half a half an ounce. Right, but I mean the car stuff. still. I mean there there there's could be there's all kinds of hearsay about it and everything, but I mean still. They owned up to it. They didn't make a big deal about it. I mean, it seemed like they were respectful, and they just they're off to the next race. Yep, they'll go win the the snowball and forget all about it. But you know, you could say, oh well, it could have gained them an advantage on weight, but they still weigh the cars before they go on the track. So weight was good, but you know, I, I saw somebody who put it perfectly. It's like it's a safety thing, and if you turn a blind eye to safety things, then that's when you get a car that hits the wall the wrong way, parts and pieces fly off and hit somebody and then you know because if you've got a hollowed out bolt that kind of ruins the integrity of what the piece is made to do and that's to hold it in if that breaks in the center and comes apart then you got parts and pieces that could potentially fly and you know if it's suspension related god only knows what else it could do and you gotta you gotta be up on the integrity with the safety and you've got to look if it's in the rules you've got to especially for these big races uh, you've got to enforce them or else the other 35 cars that were there can say, well, we're never coming back. So it's sometimes you got to piss off one or lose one or, you know, make one upset to, to keep the others or to gain others too. Um, I, I hate it. I told you in the car when that happened, I'm like, man, that is something that I hate when you've gone through the whole day and you've got the winner and you've been down there, you're taking the winner's pictures and you saw it unfold on the racetrack in a really good race, and then you hear a DQ. And it's just like, man, it just kind of takes the wind out of the sails. Not of the race, not of the event, but of the overall ending of it. So, you know, we thought Ty Majeski was the winner. He's not. 
Michael Atwell, though, two years in a row is the official winner of the Bigley Memorial. I think Michael Atwell is a kid that doesn't get enough respect or enough uh, acknowledgement in the racing world. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that uh, new number he's running is uh, a lucky number for him. Yeah, I actually got the scoop on that because Friday night uh, at Orlando, Steve was like, oh, they had a bunch of cars practice. And I'm like, oh, Michael Atwell in the 55, that's a typo. And then I saw the pictures, and I'm like, oh, I guess I was wrong. So I asked one of the crew guys, actually, uh, the Devendors were there. So I asked them, and apparently 55 was a Michael or a number that Michael used to run back in the day when he was younger. And 51 was kind of like a team number. And that particular gentleman who was fond of the 51 is uh, moving on, doing other things. So Michael Atwell decided to uh, to throw the 55 back on. And to kind of separate himself from the other bunch of 51s that are out there. So it's just, it's not like a, um, you know, they weren't trying to throw anybody a curveball. It's just kind of a, a personal deal. And he decided to go back with the uh, with the number 55 and got got the win. And uh, it was $30,000 richer. Uh, I mean, $30,000 richer, that's awesome. And that tr- trophy, did you see the trophy? That was a beautiful trophy. Hell of a trophy. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. And I'll tell you. Yeah, you know, yeah, we nitpicked a few things on here, but that's we're just sharing our experience. I think the track did a great job managing the event. Uh, they kept it to schedule. Um, yeah, there was downtime, but you've got to give these cars enough time to get ready from one event to the next. You can't just qualify then throw out the LCQs. That's not fair to those guys. They've got to have time to make adjustments, cool the cars off, uh, switch over from qualifying to race-ready conditions. So uh, that's why we just, you know, one other division in there to kind of break it up would have been fine. You throw some crown Vicks in a couple of heat races, then you have a feature after the LCQs and the night flows a little bit better, but the track did a great job managing it, getting all those cars in there, getting, I mean, that place was sold out. Um, hell of a job. It's just a great job by the track and the, the crew there. Uh, my one, my one thing that I really do like about like local tracks is the, when they had the hill and people sit up on the hill. I think that's a like very cool aesthetic yeah. of racing. And like when like there was as many a pictures that like remember we were walking up and we just see the picture and just the sea of people. It just yes, looks cool. To it me. does. And, and you know, I wish we could get that every week at the short tracks, but God, it's nice to see. Uh, even for an event that had one division and a total of 36 cars in the pits, the place was sold out. They got a hell of a show. Um, I, I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, well, I'm glad I went personally, but I'm glad you were able to tag along, Kenny. It made for a fun experience. And, uh, shall we tell everybody about the ride home? <laughs> I mean, uh, definitely. It was, I'm glad you invited me and, uh, thanks for taking me and, uh, got me to not drive. Cause I definitely, Three hours. I don't think I could drive three hours. I mean, I apologize that I passed out on the ride home, but I mean, that kind of leads into the story of what happened is I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay awake. You're like, snooze a little bit. So I kind of just closed my eyes for a little while. And then all of a sudden I just felt some weirdness, (laughs) like the door just moved. I don't know if the door just moved because you have a, uh, it's a what hard top, uh, T-top convertible. Yeah, like it's car, it's, it's so actually my mother's. Kinda... She's using my mom's car because Margot had had our Durango, so I was using the the hand-me-down car for the week. And uh, it's my mom's old Volvo hardtop convertible. <clears throat> and uh, 
We're, we're on I-4, and, and I'm getting tired. It's been a long week. It's been a long day. I announced the night before, so I'm definitely feeling it. Like, I'm just ready to get home. And the lights are bugging me because I got – my eyes are sensitive these days. And, and I'm just ready to get off the road and stop looking at things. And all of a sudden, we're just driving down I-4. We're maybe 10 miles from home, so we're almost there. And all the cabin lights come on. And a ding happens, a chime happens. And I look over to Kenny, I'm like, what'd you do? I figured he hit, like, he, Kenny's a tall dude and he's, it's cramped in the car. And I figured he kicked something or hit, hit something in the line. I'm like, what, what, what did you do to turn everything on? And he's like, huh, what? Cause he <laughs> kind of woke himself up and he's like, wait, what do you mean? And, um, apparently when he got in the car, the way he closed the door and then since he was uh, trying to get comfortable and, and catch a little bit of rest for, he had to go another 45 minutes home after I got home. Um, I, I think sh- you shifting your weight around actually like popped the door and like not open to where it was going to fly open, but enough to kick all the lights on. And we're trying to, I thought it was a problem with the car and it was just the doors kicked open. And I'm like, God damn it. We're 10 minutes from home. I don't want to pull off the highway, get back on the highway. I'm like, Kenny, don't fall out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it kind of like I was like, what, "What's going on?" and everything. And then every time I would pull the door a little bit, it would shut off. So we're like, "All right, I think we're all right. I think we're all right." So I just kind of like braced myself, and we made it home. So it was an eventful ride home. And uh, I mean, overall, I mean, like I told you earlier, because y'all, I know you guys always grade in tracks and everything, especially NASCAR. Yeah. But I told you, I give it like a B maybe a B plus just overall because the distance that's a long drive. And then just the, uh, like, I don't know, the downtime that kind of hurt, hurt me. And then the announcing stuff, but overall I'm I'm glad I went, I can check it off my bucket list and be an experience that I said, I'd be like, Hey, I went to the big league memorial. Absolutely. And kind of special one to go to considering it's, you know, you never know. Anything can happen, but it's likely to be the last one there. And I had people, it's so funny. I had people messaging me, Kenny, the next day, like, is there any way that they can save that speedway? What do you think is going to happen to the big league? I'm like, guys, I don't, I don't work here. I go to this track as a fan. So like, I don't know the ins and outs, but, um, w- would you choose to, to guess a track where if, if you think the big leagues wanted to continue doing this race, where do you think they would hold it going forward? Uh, I would say probably either the closest one there would be what, uh, is that Showtime? Showtime, as far as active tracks go, yeah. Yeah, uh, Showtime it's not- or Citrus. I mean, I would love to say they would come to New Smyrna, but I'm not even going to get it, open up that can because you already know what I would say about it. But right. I, would, I would love for it to come to New Smyrna because I think New Smyrna is a great track, but it seems like, I guess, maybe I'm not really... I don't really know much about the big leagues, so but they were probably a smaller track type people. So yeah, and, and, it's and, probably it's, if it goes anywhere, I would say probably Showtime or Citrus, maybe Auburndale. I I will echo that sentiment. I don't know the big leagues that well either. I know they've raced New Smyrna a couple of times at a Governor's Cup a few years ago. Um, they've always been good in my book. Um, glad to support their events. Um, I honestly think if they were to keep it going, they're probably. And, and this is just my speculation, but I would think that they probably would get an old Cletus's ear and try to get uh, the big league over at the Freedom Factory next yeah, year. Yeah, you did. Didn't we speak? We, we kind of touched on that while we were sitting there racing it, didn't we? Yeah. So, well, I mean, obviously that's speculation. I don't know. That's just my two cents on that. I If, if they were to do that, I would actually try to get down there for 
for that race next year. Um, I might look into wherever they might hold it. I might look into going if they continue it or they might look at this and say, well, this is a good time because memorial events don't last forever. And they might look at this and say, well, this is our, our time to, to do something different and who knows. But of course with the show, we'll, we'll talk all about that. Um, Kenny, let me just give them a final rundown of the top 10 here real quick. And then we'll sign off the first segment of the show here. Uh, Michael Atwell, the official winner, taking home the $30,000 in the 2022 Bigley Memorial at the 417 Southern Speedway. Illinois' Austin Nason had a great run, kind of under the radar, but he finished second. Derek Krause, the Truck Series driver out of Wisconsin, finished third. Michael Goddard had a very solid day in qualifying and the race, finished fourth. Anthony Sergi, the now engineer for Thor Sport Motorsports in the Truck Series, came back, uh, drove his late model to a fifth-place finish. Daniel Webster had a very solid, and, and I don't want to say surprising, he's a good driver, but had a very solid day and finished sixth. Nick Neary recovered from problems early to finish seventh. Nick Sweet out of Vermont in his first start down here. Uh, finished a very respectable eighth place. George Gorham kind of struggled. I expected him to be a contender, uh, but he battled back for ninth. Um, Scotty Tomasic out of Indiana, a driver I'm not familiar with at all, finished tenth. And Rich Clouser was 11th. Michael Hind, Sean Lemaster, Jesse Dutelli, and Gabe Somers are top 15. The full results can be found on 417. Southern Speedway's website, and you can go back and watch the whole show on Racing America. Um, but, hey, Kenny, I think we did a pretty good job recapping the evening and our experience there because we always like to kind of tell it from our perspective. Um, any final thoughts on this year's Bigley? Um, great, great event, uh, great track. Sad to see it uh, go. Um, glad I say can say that I was able to experience it. Absolutely. Well, I had a great time. It was real fun hanging out and doing kind of both doing our things, but but coming together and enjoying the race together. So uh, hopefully we'll get out to another event here pretty soon and have a lot more to talk about. Oh, definitely. I enjoy going to these races with you. We kind of have our different takes on everything and we kind of meet in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's what I like, man. Um, again, thank you so much for, uh, for riding down there with me and thanks for coming on the show today. All right, thanks for uh, taking me out there, and um, thanks for having me on the show, bro. Yes, sir. And, of course, guys, that is our good friend Kenny Roth, or some of you call him Skinny, um, but you can find him all over social media. He runs a bunch of pages. Uh, I know he's got Turn to Left with Skinny. That's one of his main pages. He's got a couple late model pages. He's all over the place. You can't miss the guy. He's a diehard race fan, and uh, make sure you check him out, support what he does, and uh, we'll definitely have him on the show here whenever we can we have these great races so i appreciate him coming on so we're going to take a quick commercial break here margo will be in studio to join us for the rest of the show we'll go over the stuff at auburndale we'll get her take on everything that went down this weekend we'll talk a little bit about the tour destruction event at orlando give you some inside information from uh, that always wild race and uh, we'll go around the state and, and close it off so stay tuned. Plenty more around the corner after the break. Hey, hey, guys, if you need any work done on your vehicle, make sure you get with American Auto, one of our proud sponsors here at the Racing with Ryan podcast at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach. They can take care of just about anything over there, whether it be tires, service, or, you know, just even simple things like an oil change. They are your place to get everything done. Um, you can give them a call, 386-428-1941. That'll get you in touch with the main service center there. You can tell them what's going on. They'll set you up with an appointment and get you taken care of. 
For fast, dependable service, you can always count on American Auto. We also got to tell you about our good buddy, Mr. Ron D'Alessandro and his company, 124 Welding and Fabrication. Make sure you go check out the Etsy store now. Um, Ron does fabulous uh, metalworking, and you can order your Christmas presents, get it all taken care of, and support the show and our great friends and supporters. Go to Etsy, search 124 Welding and Fabrication. You can take a look at all the custom work that he has available. Or, you know, you can get in touch with him and try to get your own custom order done. And if you do go on there and use the promo code RWRPODCAST, you will get 15% off and a free keychain of Ron's choosing. That's 124 Welding and Fabrication. Now is the time. I know you've heard these ads over and over again, but now is the time to get your order in before it's too late because we're a month away from Christmas, guys. Uh, 124 Welling and Fab. Check them out on Etsy. Use the promo code RWR Podcast for 15% off. We also thank our good friends at Jeff White Racing. Of course, uh, we've watched Jeffrey White the last couple of years run trucks, EMODs, now up into the prolate model ranks. Uh, but they work on all kinds of racing vehicles, and they've been a part of um, the racing that we all love and follow here in Florida for many, many years. So um, I'm just going to say, if you guys want to get into racing, check out Jeff White Racing, see what they have in store. They might have some cars that are ready to go uh, in the entry-level divisions. So uh, check them out. They race all over the place. I mean, they're right down the road from New Smyrna, so we see them there all the time. But lately, they've been at Auburndale, Citrus, um, trying to run whatever they can. So uh, make sure you support Jeff White Racing. We thank them for coming on board and becoming a great sponsor. And we also want to thank Andy Morrison. Um, let, let's just be real. Andy never gives up. It's all over his van. It's all over his hats. That's his company. Never give up. Um, just, you know, if you see Andy, say hello. Make him feel good. Buy some hats. I know he's got some merchandise. Would never give up. I know he's got a brand new truck. I know he's excited to get back out to New Smyrna. Um, we, we keep talking about how much we miss it. That man right there misses it so much more. I think he's going to be out at Orlando this week. We're going to be out there, um, for the, um, tour of destruction. I'll actually be announcing that. So, um, hopefully we see Andy out there as well. I'm sure he'll be hanging out with Shane and the boys in the pit area. So Andy, hope to see you at the tour of destruction. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking a little bit about that on the next podcast too. I don't know how much we touched on that in the show, but um, we'll see Andy and everybody out there. And we thank Andy for supporting the show and all of our Florida racing here at the Racing with Ryan podcast. All right. Welcome back to the show. Joining me now, of course, is Margo. Margo, how are you doing? Highly annoyed. Why are you annoyed? You oh. exist. All right. <laughs> so if the second half of the show ought to be great. Yeah. 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 So, um, in all seriousness, uh, enough screwing around. Um, any uh screwing around. <laughs> I was. Oh. It's all my fault. Um, any final thoughts? Well, me and Kenny just covered the big lead. Did you have any final thoughts on it? Anything you want to throw in there? No. No? No. Nothing about anything that went down? I think it's real stupid to start a race at seven o'clock and then not start the feature until ten fifteen, but hey, that might just be me. So you're not a fan of the No, there's there, one division should not take five hours to run. Sorry, well, they did qualifying. They I did don't a care. That's a, that's sorry. It's LCQs. a waste of time. They did a couple of well, they did one non qualifier race. Do you want to know why I won't go to the big league or anything like that? Why? Because it was five hours of nothing but super. So late what models. about going to the snowball derby where they have? 
two hours of pre-race ceremonies before they start anything. They have support divisions the rest not, of the week. The rest of the week? Yeah. yeah. Not on Sunday. Okay. I don't want to go to the snowball derby. I want to go watch the support divisions. So you get two classes a night and it still takes five hours. Whatever. Fine. I won't go to 417 because I don't want to. Okay. And <laughs> now I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> hey, all, all those people that say they won't go back now, they, well. Neither will we. Yeah, right. I'll go back when there's a concert there. Any uh, thoughts on the DQ? Is it fair? What DQ? Ty Majeski. He had illegal parts. Yes, it's fair. What does a hollowed out bolt do for you? Nothing, but guess what? It's in the rule book. So it should be enforced, right? What does your cell phone being in a car do? Nothing. Guess what? It's still in the rule book. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Rules are for me and not for me. I just want to point that out. We agree. Yeah, enforce the rule book. Now, you spent some time uh, watching what was going down at Auburndale. (laughs) That was the world's most boring wheelman race. How did they only get 15 cars? Um, Well, only 15 cars pulled into the pits. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. When I said something to you... Last week, we had spicy Margo. (laughs) This week, we have literal Margo. When I asked you, when I told you there was only 15 cars, your bright genius reaction was, well, if they wouldn't have put it on the same night as the Bigley... Because, you know, the Bigley was a super late model race and Wheelman was sportsman. Yeah, but you know that yeah, there's some crossover. You're freaking comparing orangutans to apples. Oranges? <laughs> nope, I said what I said. Or, orang- not even the same thing, not even close. Orangutans to chimpanzees, maybe? No, orangutans to apples. I said what I said. All right. I mean... What? The- Who is going to bring their sportsman over that also went and ran the, a super late... Uh, Schofield. Who? Schofield. Who? Schofield. Is this on? Schofield. Okay, and where would he have finished in the wheel? Uh, Jeff Schofield? Yeah. Where did he finish in the big league? Top 10. Where would he have finished in the wheelman race? Well, maybe not 15th. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else were we missing? Um, A certain Packers fan, but... <laughs> well, he don't... He, he done... Packed up his shit and went home. Oh, did he um, go back to Green Bay? <laughs> Darn. No, I I was surprised to only see fifteen cars. I thought well, you didn't see only fifteen. I'm surprised to see that there's only fifteen cars on the list here. I thought there'd be at least twenty. Well, there wasn't. But it has nothing. What do you to mean do. Schofield? There's Sch- Schofield's right there. Yeah, he would have. Jeff would have been in, in the late model race. Yeah. Had there not been a wheelman race. Whatever. I don't even see Jeff Schofield. I see Tyler. Tyler. Well, Jeff was there helping him, obviously. Why? Tyler's like 25. He can do his own thing. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they're teammates. What went down at Auburndale? Anything of, of note that we should talk about? Um, you can talk about the pure stock tour of destruction. What happened there? They wrecked a lot. I don't know what happened there. Every time I looked up there, <laughs> they were under caution. I see Brandon Love was DQ'd on track, not following officials' instructions. I don't know if that was the guy that was up in turn two forever in a day, but yeah, sure. The number two car? I don't know. You don't know? You think Racing America zooms in on their car so I can see the number? No. I don't know. What do they follow the Speedway video 2016? Sorry, I really should have been watching the live feed from somebody's phone. I would have gotten, like, better. Oh, yeah. Where do you stand on the controversy there? Suck a... (sighs) Oh, my God. Speed 51 sucks. Why? I better not see any of these fuckers watching the Snowball Derby this week. If Speed 51 sucks, it's the only place you can watch the Snowball Derby. 
Well, if they suck so bad, doesn't exist anymore. Sorry, Racing America. There you go. If Racing America sucks so bad and they're so mean for making for for whatever they were doing because they had the rights to stream and they were having people's videos taken down. If they suck so bad, none of y'all should be posting. Also, remember how upset you were that Speedway Video couldn't post for a month after Speed Week. That was Flow Racing, not Speed 51. Yeah, not Racing America. Same idea. I wasn't upset. The, I was upset that Tom lost money. These big video companies come in and Okay, but Tom's also not filming with his iPhone turned sideways. Uh, it's a, just a step above. The hypocrisy here is stupid. These people get so mad. Oh, you're stepping on our toes. And then when they go and step on other people, tap dance on people's toes, they want pity. All right. I said what I said. How did things go for the trucks? Trucks didn't race. Yes, they did. (laughs) (laughs) The whole reason I have you on the show is to talk about what happened in the trucks. And the trucks didn't race. Cody McDuffie, you're a ghost, my friend. I remember getting all these updates about Auburndale and it was all about the trucks, but yet the trucks didn't race. How'd Jack do? Oh, no, I couldn't see him. You couldn't see him? Why couldn't you see him? Because Racing America sucks. Well, first of all... (laughs) I'm just kidding. Jack qualified. I don't know. He was first for the first six drops. (laughs) Uh, He qualified 15th. All right. And if you ask him, that means he started on the inside of the eighth row, and I don't know who wants to tell him. No, that would be right. Oh, damn it. He was right. Never mind. Um, he qualified 15th. And he finished, I want to say, 13th. But he, he finished passed, 13th, yeah. He passed a lot of trucks. He did pretty good. I mean, just looking at the results here, big field of trucks, 21. Um, six more trucks than sportsmen. Interesting. I just oh found God, that interesting. Because they did it on the same night as the Bigley race. Yeah, but imagine if they didn't. Carter Brown might have been able to go to the late model race. No comment? Zero. Remember what happened last time? Moving on. Carter Brown did good, though. Finished third. I don't know who that is, but okay. The 11? Sure. The one that wrecked everybody at Citrus? That was Charlie Brown. Same family. (laughs) I wonder if their dog's name is Snoopy. It has to be at this point, right? Has to be. Anyways, yeah, I mean, it was a good race. There really was nothing to write home about. Auburndale was just, the, the pure stocks were craziness, but I didn't care enough to actually like pay attention. I know that in the Scramblers, a couple of New Smyrna guys went there. Well, Aaron Foy and some other New Smyrna people went over there. That's all I know. I'm useless tonight. I'm sorry. It's all right. Um, so, yeah, looking at the finishes here, actually it looks like good car counts all the way around over at Auburndale. I know our buddy Austin was over there. Um now, did they, did Austin and Steve, did they get to actually do the the race? Like, could you hear them on the TV? No. No? Nope. Why? My volume was turned down. Oh, your down. volume was turned down. Okay. Well, anyways, Austin and Steve are over there announcing. So, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go through this here. Maybe Margo will come up with some useful stuff here as we 
In all fairness, it is 10.30 at night while we're trying to record the end of this thing, so bear with us. I heard them at one point, and uh, it sounded a little mumbo-jumbled. Mumbo-jumbo? Mumbo-jumbo. Mumbo-jumbo-jumbo. Hey, mumbo. Mumbo-jumbiano. Hmm. It sounded mumbled. Okay. Or maybe jumbled was the word. I don't know. Steve was on the... Track? Yeah. Well, the the mics at Auburndale on track are tricky. And then at one point I heard Austin say something, and I don't know what he said. I couldn't make out what he said because I didn't have my volume up high enough. I, I think, just knew it was Austin, Austin because had, I know Austin's voice. I think he had a pretty good zinger like, hey, that guy wrecked. That guy, that, shit, what do you say? He How do like, you know? I, I saw somebody post about it. He was like, that guy has pulled off a new record. He successfully wrecked from first and from last tonight. Oh, well, it wasn't Brian Mylar then. Well, no. No, it wasn't. Um, so in the Wheelman <laughs> series finale, Devin McLeod did get the win over Tim Sozio. Brandon Strebels was third. James Seawright had a good run in fourth. Brandon Morris. Yes, he was seeing right. Well, he wasn't seeing wrong. Um, it's good to see James up there, though. I've Going through the results this year, I've seen him in the bottom, so good to see him up front. Uh, Brandon Morris, fifth, which actually locked him up the championship. So Brandon Morris is the wheelman champion for this season. Devin McLeod second in points. Tim Sozio third. Adam Briggs, Tyler Schofield, your top five in points. Oh uh, God, if there weren't have been so many super late model races the same night as wheelman races, Tyler Schofield could have done better. Maybe. Um, Joe Hamilton finished sixth. Adam Briggs seventh. Jason Bartram eighth. Keith Lilly ninth. Rounding out the top ten. Jason Rendell, who I've never heard of before. Really? I've never heard of Jason. Oh, Who's that? I'll fill you in later. Who's that? I will fill you in later. Nothing to add for the show? No. Anyway, Matt Green, 11th. Alex Popow, 12th. <laughs> Kevin Macy, Joe Winchell, Tyler Schofield. That is the 15 cars that did the wheelman race. Pure Stocks. They had a total of 18 show up, and it was Bobby Mobley who got the win there. James Wright, 2nd. Zach Briggs, third. Brian Harvin, fourth. Ronnie Abney rounding out the top five there in a good field of pure stocks. Over in the Crown Vicks, they had 16. Uh, one car was DQ'd for unsportsmanlike conduct on track. Seems like every week there's a uh, there's somebody getting DQ'd over there. Uh, Chris Rummel did take the win. No surprise over there. Jason Stifel, second. Tyler Landis had a good run in third. Mike Pitts, fourth. Mike Wilson in fifth. Um, one that stands out, the 5-0. Paul Ames was over there. I think he towed over with some of our guys from uh, the Bomber Division, which we'll get to in a minute. Pro Trucks, as we alluded to, a good field of them. 21 in total would have been 22. We talked about Dylan a little bit earlier in the show. Um, he was there for practice, but obviously... Uh, did not race this weekend as he's on the mend. Cody McDuffie, though, picked up the win over TJ DeCare in the 5K. I find it very interesting that Kristen Clements was back. She drove the 22. Well, TJ drove her old truck for dad. That that whole situation is just, that's something else to me. Um, but Cody McDuffie gets the win. TJ DeCare second. Carter Brown third. Becca Monopoly fourth. Chase King fifth. Kristen Clements, Brad Bowman, J.R. Garcia, Bray Holmes, Todd Haig, the top 10. So you had Bray Holmes in the 07 and Aaron Holmes in the 88 driving for the Martins this weekend. Um, and Aaron finished 11th. Taylor Watson, 12th. Jack Hall, our buddy there, finished 13th. Dalton Smith, 14th. Jim Cowie, Jr. and 15th. Palmer Haig, George Gorham, the third. Craig Stewart, Brian Milas, whoever that is, 
Taylor mm. Boykin and Colt Cecil. I like how Brian even commented on here. That's not my name. Typos he can't happen. even pronounce. He can't even spell the racetrack's name when he's looking at the sign. <laughs> the fuck is an Arbendale Speedway? Arbendale. Uh. Over to the Scramblers, another big field, twenty-three strong, and uh, we'll go over I'm some of get them here. Punched in the face. One of these. One days. of these days, you may. I'll talk shit with a black eye then. I don't care. Taking the win in the Scramblers uh, with 23 cars. Bill Witherington was the winner over Bray Ganey. Dustin Kirkland, third. John Sofield, fourth. Kelly Hahn, fifth. Then you had Fred Wilson. How about Aaron Foy finishing seventh? Bubba Healy was eighth. Eddie Evans with a nice top 10 run in ninth. James Matthews in, 20, in the 25 was 10th. Then it was Charles Friddle, 11th. Jim Snyder, our runner-up in the Bombers, was 12th. Joe Kleitz, Zach Dees, Daniel Snyder, 15th. Kevin Grant, TJ Cruz, William Kearns, Cody Strickland, Josh Robinson, Ricky Norman, Mike Ingle, and Ivan Davis. So honestly, that's a pretty good turnout. Aside from Wheelman, I just I'm still trying to figure this out why Wheelman was so down. Because but they were. I don't know. I just feel like for what they're they're paying and what they're doing, there should be 20 cars every week. But it wasn't the case. There's not. There just wasn't. Nope. Uh, when you tuned in, did anything, did you see, was there any crashes? Was there anything that you saw? No? I know the pure stock race. I feel like every time I looked up, it looked like somebody was spun out and turned one and two. So that's why, uh, Tim Walters referred to it as tour destruction. Yeah. And I had to read that post like five times to understand what he was talking about. Fair enough. So maybe he made the right choice to stay home. Sure. I'm surprised it's not up for sale yet. Give it time. Give it time. So do you want to hear the the story that I wouldn't tell you the other day before we move on to the last part of the show? What's the last part of the show? Around the state. We just did that. No, we talked about Auburndale because I thought you had some stuff on Auburndale. You didn't give me time to prepare. You Google the results. I, I did there really wasn't that much to talk about with Auburndale. It was a decent night of racing. And that's about it, huh? Sure. So do you want to hear, hear the story? Sure. That I wouldn't tell you? I just said, sure. How many more freaking times do I have to say <laughs> it? It better be good or else I'm going to bed. So. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> Kenny and I already talked Stupid. about it, but I'll tell you because I feel like we should get your genuine reaction before we move on. Um, so driving home from 417, Ow. we're on I-4, we're getting close, my eyes are hurting, I want to get home. All of a sudden, all the lights come on in the car, and there's a, a chime, like something's wrong. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And, I, and Kenny was, was napping, and all these lights come on, and I'm just driving like normal, so I look over at him and go, hey, what'd you do? And he wakes up and goes... What do you mean? I'm like, why are all the cabin lights on? What's going on? And then he looks over at the door, and the door is starting to come open. The uh, he was sleeping against the door, and I guess he didn't close it very well when when we got in the car, and he about pushed the door open as we're driving down I four. Ah, ah, That's it. With my child's car seat in the back. It didn't get affected. Never mind the fact that it's your mother's car. 
We drove I was think maybe I was thinking maybe like you hit the button for the the convertible. Oh top, God, that would which been real won't bad. do anything unless like you can't you put the to be, top you down to unless you park. Yeah. yeah, that's dumb, Kenny. Don't be dumb. It I mean, his fault. you stuck a six foot seven man with a mohawk and a Volvo commercial <laughs> convertible. The f- yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm surprised you didn't have the top down. I was like, dude. You guys would have looked so cute. I was like, just hold on. I ain't stopping. I, I need to get home. I'm dying here. The poor guy's like, yeah, I didn't sleep the rest of the way. So your mom's going to try to like open the passenger side door to the Volvo is going to be all wonky. Not no, bad. No, no. Nope, a good thing it's the same side as the mirror, the fucked up mirror. Nope. It, it's fine. I had no problems driving to Leesburg the next day. You guys would have looked so cute with the windows or with the with the top down. Absolutely not. And the car seat in the back. It would have been a regular full house moment. No. Anyway. Oh, my God. Nobody needed to see that as we pulled into the mud field at 417. You better wash your mother's car. I tell you one thing. If you drove my Durango down there, I don't give a shit that your name's on it. It's my Durango. I put the <laughs> gas in it. If you would have drove my car down that down there and brought it back to me looking the way that freaking Volvo out there looks, I'd have beat your ass. Yeah? Yes. Well, I'd have had to put some ass on you in look, order to beat it there, but. there's not much there's not much choice it's you you park where you can down there and it's wet down there i mean they got hit by a hurricane I so throw a car wash first no I did, when did i have time if you had time to pokemon you had the time to go through I the car wash do nothing Boy, bye. I got home at 2.30 in the morning went to bed woke up at 9 and then drove down got to, to your mother's at noon got there at 11 excuse you same shit. I had been up since 7 o'clock with your daughter. Well, she's cute. No. Nobody is cute at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I got to ask you. Not even Ricky Stenhouse. But that's before because we, I don't know what he looks like at 7 o'clock. In the, I wonder. Before we take our last break here and uh, go to the final part of the show, what's your take on the Jason Lester saga that happened? He's a moron. Do you think he I was... I don't have any thoughts. He is irrelevant to my life. No, but... It was a stupid move, and he got what he deserved. Okay, so you feel the DQ from the non-qualifier race was just? Yep. If he had qualified the car, he would have been fine, right? Yep. Okay. So what would you say if Jason Lester was behind that wheel, uh, behind the wheel of that car again? Good for him. Pin a rose on his nose. I don't care. What did you think of that non-qualifier race, by the way? I know you paid stupid. attention to that It was one. a shit show. What made it a shit show? The fact there was four cars and one finished. How about the guy that finished, though? Cool. Good for him. Chris McIntyre? Ooh, you did it. You won. He's a happy guy. He won. I would be, too. Cool. Great. But but he beat the almighty Chastains. You were happy about that. I ran though. like shit all day. You were happy about that. He should have bought some talent from his brother. Oh, wait. He didn't have the money. Daddy spent it all on Ross. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Ouch. Anything else to add? No. All right, so we are going to take a quick commercial break, <laughs> and we will go to. <laughs> Never going to be allowed in South Florida. <laughs> we'll go to the final part really of the show. We'll talk. Who the a little... fuck ran around the state? Showtime. Well, why would they run up against the Bigley Memorial? Oh my God! Why would they run against Auburndale? They only had five cars. It's be- must have been because they ran up against the Bigley Memorial or Auburndale. But I thought it was the Bigley Memorial. Oh, we're not talking about that anymore. We've moved we on. weren't talking about it when we were talking about Auburndale either, but you brought it up. <laughs> How dare Volusia schedule speed weeks during speed weeks? I mean... Don't even get me started on Daytona. 
How dare Daytona run on top of us? That's some How BS. How dare Daytona? <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back. We'll talk a little Orlando. Why? Because I have some things to talk about with Orlando. And then we'll uh, we'll talk a little showtime, and then we'll get out of here. Hey, hey, guys. Are you looking for a change? Looking for a new job that will provide you a great working environment and a little bit of a challenge, too? Well, our good friends at Schultz Engineered Products in Edgewater, they are hiring and uh, looking for a couple of great, reliable people to fill some positions. And um, we, as a podcast, can attest to it being a great work environment. As you may know, Margo is actually working there herself. Um, but they are still hiring, looking for CNC machinists and programmers, uh, and looking for a good all-around mechanic to help work on a race car, and looking for some general shop help as well. If that sounds like something you would be interested in, please get with Rob Schultz. You can email him at rob at schultzproducts.com. Pretty easy one there, rob at schultzproducts.com. That's S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. Make sure you check out Schultz Engineered Products online. They sell all kinds of great things for race cars and aviation alike. Um, the Schultz fuel cells are making their way around Florida, upgrading the safety in some of these race cars that we see. So if you want the best in your race car, which I've been told by many people that's what they want, you're definitely going to want to get a Schultz fuel cell in that race car. Um, you can check out you, you can check them out online, of course, Uh Schultz Engineered Products, just type that into your Google bar and it'll come right up. You can also give them a call uh, at 732-922-4334. We thank Schultz Engineered Products for their support of the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also like to give a big shout out to the Florida Southern Ground Pounders, one of the Florida racing divisions that uh, have come on board to support the show and one that we enjoy talking about. And uh, man, I'm going to tell you, they're a vintage racing group and they race for fun, and they put on a heck of a show. It is not like some of these other touring groups that you may have seen around the country that just kind of go out and putz around and display their cars. They are racing. They race hard. Um, they crash hard, too, but that proves that they are going for it. It's actually my favorite division uh, like this that I've ever seen race. I, I've seen the different groups, and they put on a great show. It's a great addition to any card at the New Smyrna Speedway or wherever they may end up racing in the future. So we thank the Florida Southern Ground Pounders for coming on board. Uh, we also give a shout out to our friend Doug Samian and his company, Do All Lawn and Tree. And uh, Doug, of course, you'll find him racing in the Superstock Division. I know he's been busy with all this hurricane, post-hurricane cleanup from Ian and the other one that just came through, uh, especially over there in the Daytona area. Uh, if you need anything done with your lawn or tree service, make sure you call Doug Samian. Let him know you heard about it on the Racing with Ryan podcast or you've seen him race at New Smyrna. I tell you, he will take good care of you and do things the right way. That is Do All Lawn and Tree, Doug Samian's company. So make sure you get in touch with him if you need anything done there. Also got to give a shout out to Bromley Motorsports. Those guys love to race. That is a racing family uh, they keep expanding that family. The next generation of Bromley racers already out and about. Uh, but they've been racing all over the place. Uh, I, I know Tony and Daniel have been racing the Crown Vicks on the dirt here lately. Uh, can't wait to see them back at New Smyrna. But just glad to see Bromley Motorsports still out there racing. Um, I know they have some big plans for 2023. We're excited to see those plans in action next season. 
Can't thank those guys enough for not only listening to the show, but supporting the show as well. Can't thank all of our sponsors enough. So guys, if you've listened to this show, you know, uh, over the past few months, we've had a lot of people come on board. Um, some have come on board to sponsor certain divisions like Ken Copley and the Emods. Uh, Jeff White Racing has sponsored the truck portion of the show and they've, you know, they've just stepped up their sponsorship to sponsor every episode, but specifically the truck portions of the show uh, for this past season. If you want to get involved in any way, just to get your name out there uh, or just to say, hey, support the show. You know, we don't have a Patreon. Um, we, we don't beg for money. This is completely free. Uh, but if you want to show your appreciation, uh, we will give you a good deal. It is just $5 an episode to become a sponsor with the Racing with Ryan podcast. If you want to become an anchor sponsor, uh, you can pay a little bit more. Uh, your ads will be at the front of the ads. Um, you know, if you want to sponsor uh, certain things, uh, certain segments, um, if you want to just say, hey, I'm going to give you X amount of money, just get my name out there. We will work with you, but seriously, $5 an episode. We've had people come on board for just one episode. Uh, we've had people come on board for a month. We've had people come on board for, like American Auto, they're paid up till the end of time. So if you want to support the show, please just let us know. I know it's the off season, but we have some fun things planned. Um, we are going to do the first ever Racing with Ryan award show at the end of the year. Um, I think that's going to be a lot of fun, very similar to what I used to do on the hot lap uh, when when that was uh, an ongoing thing. We're going to transition that over to this show and keep the listeners engaged. Um, we're going to have some NASCAR-related stuff coming up. I think we might start breaking up the shows into NASCAR and into short track racing. We might think about that. So, again, if you want to come on board and become a partner slash sponsor of the Racing with Ryan podcast. Uh, you can reach out to us on the Facebook page. Make sure you like and follow us there as well. Um, anytime I'm able to get to a racetrack and I'm not working, I try to get a bunch of pictures and keep everybody updated with what's going on. And um, again, you can contact us there. My phone number, it's pretty public. If you go to the New Smyrna website, you can find my phone number there. Um, or just text me. Most of you all know me. Find me on Facebook Get with me, $5 an episode. We would love to have you on board. Um, I know it's, quote unquote, the off season, but there's still a lot of big things going on. We're to keep this show rolling. We might take a break for Christmas. Um, but again, we charge you per episode, not per week. So if we don't do, and even last week when I did bonus shows, I didn't charge anybody for, for a week. So um, please let me know if you would like to come on board. Uh, we're, we're not going to turn anybody away. $5 an episode. You pick how many episodes you want. <laughs> All right, and we are back. And if you made it through that last segment, God, you are a diehard fan of the show. I'm not sure what you expected from me. I was drunk all weekend. Now the truth comes out. <laughs> and I'm drunk right now. I was watching Christmas movies on Saturday. Yeah, Auburndale <laughs> was playing in the background. You made it seem like you had like insight. No, I had no insight on Auburndale. I watched it a little bit. I was learning about now. The, I now I, was I feel bad about for Silent Night. Now I feel bad for making you stay up to do all this. Me too. <laughs> My goodness. So this weekend, um, <laughs> we'll make this quick so we can go to bed. Um, <laughs> this weekend, I did get the privilege to call the tour destruction mm, event. It was a privilege for me. It is. I mean that that event means something to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be. Um, when I was a kid, I would 
begged my mom to drop me and my cousins after Thanksgiving. As uh, we all did before we got a brain. <laughs> well, when you're a kid, it's it's different. Just kidding. I have um, nothing against Sword Destruction. I love Mo. It's the racetrack that they choose to host it at that I don't like. Well, a lot of people feel differently about that racetrack. It's just a shame we couldn't feel differently about the racetrack to keep it going, but... Um, excuse you, sir. I was there to its last day, so I don't want to hear that. I didn't point at you, did I? Um, anyway, you know, a lot of people want it back. The track is... I don't. Is, it looks like shit. It does look like shit. Uh, it's the perfect venue for tour destruction, though, because yeah, you... they've ruined it. You can just tear the shit out of it now, and it doesn't matter. I mean, we put a bus through the concrete wall off turn four, so... I can't um, believe people take their children to that event. Yeah, I mean, it's... Mike Busey was there. Yeah, I guess. He literally owns a place called the Sausage yeah. Castle. I've heard about him from Tom and Dan, so... <laughs> it's the most St. Cloud thing ever. Yeah. <sighs> it's something. The stories I've heard there, I, that actually makes me hit fast forward. Yeah, it's bad. Skip. It's so it's, bad. That's nasty. Anywho... Um, Austin, don't Google. It was... Uh, Save your precious eyes. It was a fun time. I got to work with, with Steve, uh, which, which is always fun. Um, trying to work on the, the charity race. Hopefully, I'll be out there. Hopefully, we'll get Speedway video out there for the charity race. Um, Why is it when I have to spot? You're like, oh, here, you can do this with two kids in your hands. Let me go announce. Because uh, announcing is what I do. Um, anyway, um, it, it was a hectic night, to say the least. Um the facility there, obviously, uh, the drag strip is the prime facility at this point. And I got there. Um, Mo had me go around, uh, introduced me to all the people doing the stunts and like all the motorcycles and side by sides. Got that, got some really good information from those people. And then I was like, I better go check and make sure that we have a PA up there. And I get up there, and there's some stuff up there not hooked up, which is fine. I've been doing this long enough where I know how to hook things up. And I get it all hooked up. We get it working, but I couldn't, for the life of me, um, get my computer to sync up to the soundboard, even with the auxiliary cord. Couldn't get that to work, so I had to pull the old Rick Bristol and hold the microphone to the laptop speaker. Preach and no, I will not do that. That is not for me. That is why people like Danny Shear exist. Yeah, but no, I we had to prop the microphone up to the laptop speaker to get music. Um, And this place was it was a sold out crowd, which is pretty cool. What? Go ahead. I just I have a little before you get to the story, or to the to the the races. Okay. Um, so yeah, there, there's a sellout crowd. Got to make sure there's some atmosphere and some music going on. Get that figured out. Get everything working. I go out to the car to get my charger, and as I'm going to the car, I'm like, oh yeah, that that projects well. Then the music stopped, and I figured, oh my laptop just it stopped playing from Amazon Music or whatever. It kicked back on. I was like, all right. I'm walking back up the stairs, music cuts out again. I'm like that's weird starts playing again so i get back up and it's you know there's monster truck rides and stuff going on and me and steve are trying to make some announcements and as we're making those announcements i'm watching the pa and i realize that it's cutting in and out and uh I'm like this is not good we're 45 minutes from showtime and i've got a pa that isn't working then i felt it and it was super hot so the pa was running hot and uh I, I run down to Keith, Mo's son, and I'm like, hey, uh, we're having some issues with the PA. I'm going to have to turn the music off. And he goes, hey, I have pity on you. This is why I don't want to do the announcing here anymore. It's such a pain in the ass. And um, he's like, but I'll, I'll call whoever's in charge of Orlando and um, have them come take a look at it. And they come up there, and they wanted to tell me it was a brand new thing. And I'm like, this is not new equipment. 
um, it's not working. It's overheating. So they told me to turn the gain down and unplug all the microphones. So I told the crowd, a sellout crowd, an hour before showtime or whatever, hey, I've got to turn the music off and we're going to have no atmosphere, no nothing going on until showtime because I got to try to save the PA. So that was kind of stressful, not the ideal situation. Um, was that around the time that I got the message? So I was like, it's super loud in three and four. Well, I, after that, I did turn everything down because I got complaints because it was too loud. Apparently, it was loud in some places and not loud enough in others. Can I just make a general statement? Yeah. If you guys want a message passed on to Ryan, message Ryan. Yeah, if you want to message the announcer about something, message the I'm his announcer. girlfriend and his baby mama. You know what I'm not? His mother or his secretary. I needed you to come from Leesburg and fix my PA. Since you I need you to kiss my shiny white ass. I just got out of the shower. <laughs> yeah, hey, at least it's shiny this time. Um, but like, it's like, I just get a message. And I'm like, and it's Margo, are you here? And it's never like you actually want to see Margo. It's I have a message for Ryan as if he doesn't have his own Facebook. Or just come up to the tower. And, and, like, and you know what bothers me the most is somebody will go type in my name because I don't have this person on Facebook. Type in my name, M-A-R-G-E-A-U-X Sterling, and then spell my name, M-A-R-G-O, in the message as if it's not right there. <laughs> That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. But anyway, um, we were able to get, the, get everything cooled off. Once the sun went away and it wasn't, like a thousand degrees in the booth. The PA was here. Y'all once everything starts. Yeah. Which the guy that won the 50 50 comes up to me and guess what he said? He goes, Hey bro, just save your voice. We can't hear you anyway. And I said, well, whatever. I'm up here having fun. Um, but no, I, that, that was a little bit stressful at the beginning, but had fun with the event. Um, we flipped, a we flipped two cars in the Enduro, both of which I missed. Um, they flipped a car in the chain race, which was pretty freaking awesome. That poor guy, Chris Moreno, had a stunt go bad, and he flipped his car like it, that. Looked like a wreck. Did the engine the come out? Engine of the car? came out of that car. <laughs> it looked like um, a wreck you'd see on I four just on a typical day. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Tom got great video of that. Speedway video was there, by the way. So go check that out. Um, Why wasn't he at the Big League? Uh, <laughs> Racing America. Oh, they wouldn't allow him to be at the Big League because he asked. He wanted to go, but. It's like, no, Racing America's going to be there. You know what problems that'll bring? And he goes, yep, I'll save my gas. At so, least he asked. At least he shows interest in wanting to go out to these events. So, uh, But Tom was like, no, I'm just trying to get some different tracks on my on my channel before the end of the year. And he got another one, so that's all good. Um, my only complaint about the Tour Destruction event was towards the end of the night, they were started to water the track down between events and they had to water the grass that's growing in the turns jeez i i just how do you think they keep it so nice and luscious some events they watered it down some they didn't it just seemed to drag on a little bit some they wanted to show the grass in the turns more than others i, I guess that has to be it has to be aren't you so glad you make me do this sometimes i wonder why you do it but here we are so <laughs> Um, Orlando was fun. It it was exactly what it was supposed to be. Night of destruction, and there was plenty of it. Um, we definitely filled our crash quota before the intermission portion, and yeah, it just got crazier just from there. Yeah, that's your computer and your PA system. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There it is. She's she's keeping score. What was the tally sheet? How many for the PA? Ninety-two and one. And how many on the racetrack? Two. Damn, we really killed them with the PA. Um. Did get to uh, talk to Rex Hollinger, which is always fun. Rex is a good dude. 
Uh, he's like, oh, glad to be here at Orlando. Wish I was here watching real racing, but this will do. Um, then, of course, I went to 417, and I had so many people come up and, and talk to me about the biggest question. What do you think the biggest question I got in the pits at 417 was? Let's take a wild guess. Where's Margo? No, nobody cares. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, what do you think the, the biggest question I got all day was? How's the baby? No, nobody cares. How's the track? What's going on? I said, hey, I've heard the same rumors you have, and I, I know the same amount as you I don't do. know. I'm getting the same rumors. Because guess what I haven't been doing? Bothering the people that know because it's the holidays and what I'm supposed to know, I'll know. Um, I've heard a lot of different things, but a lot of them are just rumors, and um, the truth will come out. <laughs> that wasn't just in my head. I'm but sorry. I did appreciate uh, talking to a bunch of people about other things. Talked to so many people at 417. It was um, it was pretty cool. Um, just people coming up to me talking racing. Pretty fun. That's not right. That's weird, right? What's That's not right? That's not what I'm talking about. Oh. What? As you were. What do you got? Nothing. Nothing to add? I just said that's not Mute right. her Why mic. I need, I need a producer just to mute her mic. What is it? What's going on over there? Yeah, nobody can hear you. Your mic's muted. Anyway. It's a factory stock. <laughs> oh, your mic's back on. I like having I I need a I need a producer for the show, but I'm looking for I can you get somebody to do the the, the bleep? I'm sorry, you're muted. Go ahead. What do you have to talk about on the show? Margo has shit to talk about. <laughs> you want to fucking mute me. What do you need? I'm looking for... Matt Hirschman won the Turkey Derby at Wall Stadium. How'd Rob do? I don't know. He didn't run the Turkey Derby at Wall Stadium. He ran the event. I don't know. You don't know. He finished eighth, but he won his division. All right. <laughs> don't... <laughs> Is that like some ground pounder stuff? Well, I asked him. Congratulations, you won the stock cars. I asked him how his weekend went, and he goes, "Oh, great! I won." I went, "No, you didn't." He goes, "Well, I won my division." I was like, "How many cars were there?" He goes, 14 I'm like, "No, there wasn't. There was eight cars." He goes, 14 were fourteen were there." I'm like, "Yeah, only eight registered and eight finished." He finished eighth. He won his division. So. He, in essence, what you're saying is he was the only one that started in his division. Oh no, there was one more. I'm sorry, there was nine that finished. But okay, there was 14. But hey, you, that only only champions and winners sponsor this podcast. Yeah, Colleen sponsors it. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Anyways, we appreciate um, our sponsors. We really do. Yeah. No, he did. He said it was his first time. Oh my goodness. In a center seat dirt car, you know, like the three quarter modifieds, they're center seats. Yeah. He had never driven something like that, so he was just was super uncomfortable. So he's just it. used to an offset chassis. He's used to real race cars. Now, what what is a real race car? A modified. He's got a six hundred two. Is that a real race car? Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, super busy weekend. A lot going on. Um. Had a great time at four seventeen in Orlando this weekend. Um, I appreciate Steve for reaching out about Auburndale, but, uh, sometimes you just, things overlap. Looking forward to be back at Auburndale here before the end of the year. 
One final track here for Around yeah. the State, as we pretty much covered everything at this point. Um, last thing to cover, Showtime Speedway, they ran their final points night. I know, up against up against Speed World. Can you believe that? How dare they? Oh uh, my God, a racetrack in New Mexico is racing. You know what they probably raced against? They raced against the Turk Derb. Oh my God, what, what Matt Hirschman was going to take his race car of yesterday. Block. Anyway, um, let's take a look at Showtime. Speaking of race cars of yesterday. What? Oh, yeah. John Smith went and raced with them. I don't think they let him win, but he went down there. Well, we'll see. Uh, going down the list here, Street Stocks, six of them, and Aaron Anderson was the winner over Mark Bartomac. In the mini stocks, they had 10, and it was Hunter Delansky, who was the winner over Ken Smith and Stephen Paulton. Robert Yoho finish. In the, uh, he didn't run many stocks. I'm sure he'll be on the list here somewhere. Hang on, hang on. Freaking Ford mind. Oval A Division. Dalton DeGraff uh-huh. was the winner there over Shane Grigsby and Marty Neekins. They had a, they had a good field, 17 cars there. That, that was probably their exciting race of the night. Um, super mini late models, which, you know, they're their own thing these days. James Glover was the big winner there in the 58 over Garrett Larson and Austin Ramsey. Uh, eight cars. Pretty big field. Wow. Things are looking up for the super mini late models. There were like two DNFs. I know. There was only six. Race cars of yesteryear. John Smith was the winner. Ooh. He beat Crush. Crush. I know. I just remember him being Crush on my score sheet and I went down there. Hey, Crush, good to see you. And Stonewall looked at me like, it's not my name. I guess so. Um, but no, John Smith, good buddy of ours, was the winner there. What's that, like the fourth, fifth track he's won at? Fourth or fifth track? Yeah. Uh, John Smith over Chris wow, Trevet. question, then don't even let me answer it. Okay. Tim Brush, third. Robert Taylor, Clay Frey. Uh, what else did they run? Do Non-wing sprint to cars. To answer a question. Davey Hamilton was the winner over Margo's boy, Robert Yoho. Tyler Porter was third. Bill Boyd, fourth. Bo Hartley and Sport Allen, the only six cars there. Ford B Division, Gordy. Joey Foote. Might as well be Gordy. <laughs> Joey Foote, the winner over Rick Hanley. Hunter Powers, third. Robert Stoffel, Buckshot, Mexiner. 16 cars in the Ford B Division, so... Looks like a decent night over there at uh, at Showtime. Margot will be at the Showtime Speedway next February season. February 31st, 20 never. On that date uh, to give us updates about what's going on down there. Her favorite track in the state of Florida. Yeah, I'm going to go watch Jason Lester on super mini late model fights for 900. He'll be running the uh, John Kaufman super late model with the super mini late models and try to uh, try to blend in a little bit better in that division. Probably won't get in trouble that time. Because if he runs the late model, just squish it down. Whatever. He can run Cody's uh, super late model with the super mini late models because now it's a mini or late model, and he probably won't get caught. But we'll see how he does next time at the Showtime Speedway. Right? No. Any NASCAR news that's come down you want to talk about? Anything you think oh, of? Oh, the, the Rick Ware. Oh, yeah. The RWR artificate. What's that? Can you get that another try? The Yeah, you nailed it. They have uh, formed an There's alliance. That. So, 
who does better this year, Brad Keselowski or Cody Ware? Cody Ware, I hope. <laughs> How did I know that that was the answer you're going to give? That's pretty funny. There's that. that. That's what I get for asking, right? I don't like Brad Keselowski. Why would you ask me? Um, is it time for the clash yet? Do you miss NASCAR yet? No. 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 Are you ready for there to be like no racing? No. No. That's my busy season at work. No. Who's your, uh, who's your pick for the snowball? Throw you a curveball. I know who mine is. Not Brad Keselowski. No. Yeah. William Byron. I feel like that would be too marginal. On the nose. Derek Thorne, because everybody hates him. All right. All right. That's the 43, right? Not yeah, not Derek Krauss, Derek Thorne. How are you gonna ask me and you're not even to know? I'm surprised you even let me finish the question. Last time you asked me a question, I well, was you didn't answer in time. I'm thinking. <laughs> How many tracks did he win at? Hang Margo, on, let me go ahead and fucking remember every racetrack he raced at. Who's gonna finish eighth in the snowball derby? Well, you know anyways, so moving on. Um you know my who's pick. not gonna finish. Okay. Uh oh. All right, I got it. Finally, it's taken this long to the show to finally get her going. Okay, so somebody was entered to the Snowball Derby and then decided they didn't want to race. I Carson Hosevar. No. Yes. God, I'd fucking dance. Carson no, Hosevar. nobody's stupid enough to marry and procreate with Carson Hosevar. I want to say it was Chandler Smith. Hang uh, on. Now I, I have to I, figure I, out. Sorry, I read today that Hosevar is going to run dirt late models instead of the you Snowball. Keep your rat ass looking face. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay. Taylor Smith um, tweeted, unfortunately, I won't be racing the Snowball Derby this year. I hate it for my partners and my fans. Hopefully, we will be back next year. On the bright side, I get to spend extra time with my amazing wife and son. Somebody commented on, on Racing America's post sharing that. He's too young to have a wife and a kid. Excuse me? Who the hell does this person think they are? That's right? ridiculous. Like... I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. Like, kudos to Chandler if the whole reason he actually backed out of the snowball is because he wants to spend time with his son. We don't know. For all we know, God forbid, something could be, like, his wife or kid could be sick and he doesn't want to leave. Who the fuck are you to say that this 21, 22-year-old kid is too young to have a wife and a kid? What what are they going to say? William Swalich needs to step up and and race because he's too young to have a head injury? Like, is this kid... Who do people think they are? Like, I just, I really wanted to comment, like, this is probably coming from a man sitting at home eating bonbons in his mommy's basement. It's probably the same guy that bitched about this Chris McIntyre guy that won the non-qualifier race. No, it's not the same guy. But anyways, I'm just going to have a moment for the stupid comments that people get on their Facebook page for a second. So then, Racing America, you know how they always do the the party at Hooters before the Snowball Derby? Mm -hmm. So somebody goes on their post, like, they're like, oh, we're set up at the Hooters in Pensacola, blah, blah. Somebody goes, I hope they charged you (laughs) pay-per-view. And I went, I'm sure they did charge them to rent the facility out. But whoever came back with the snack back on their the snap back on their Facebook page was freaking amazing because they said free on our social channels tonight, wings not included. <laughs> okay, that's pretty Mark funny. Mark Keeler, that was you, wasn't it? Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, it's gotta it had be. to be. That's, it's gotta that's be the Mark kind Keeler. of wit from from Mark. I started to text him like <laughs> that was you, wasn't it? So, of course, we have the Snowball Derby coming up here. Um, should be 
good. There's a lot going on. I wish the I wish it was condensed into three nights, but that's me being selfish. If you want to know my thoughts it is. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You no, know, it's like Wednesday, there's some something going on. Thursday night, practice. Friday night. Yeah, practice. Why do we have four days of practice? Go back and listen to my shows last year. You'll hear all about what I have to say, and I don't feel like rehashing it because we're at a different stage of the show. Anyway, um, should be a good event on on Sunday. A lot of good names. Um, we've had we've had uh, Hosovar. We've had Chandler Smith and William Swalich all back out this year for various reasons. I just it's interesting. Um, late model racing Must be because they ran it the weekend after the big league. No, it's it's because um, it, it's honestly probably because drag racing is cool. That has to be the reason. It's the most random thing I could think of. Um, I think that super late model of racing is starting to dip a little bit. I think that you can have really good super late model races on the smaller tracks. I think this year's snowball is going to be very aero dependent. And I think Ty Majeski is going to win. I think they'll get I think they'll get the right bolts in the car and they'll be all set. Why? Just am. You Nobody went... gave a flying fish fin about him. <laughs> if... I cannot wait to title the show. A flying fish fin. Nobody gave a flying fiddly fluke. All right. About Ty Majeski. <laughs> Nobody cared about him until he ran four laps of the Bill Bigley one blah, 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 128 last year. Nobody. Nobody gave a flying fuck about him. Well, I did since 2016. Great, fabulous. Congratulations. Won in the, one of the most epic uh, Governor's Cups ever, 42 cars started. Um, and then he won three in a row. 2016? Yeah. 42 cars started? Yeah. I was still on pain medication. I had literally gotten out of the that, hospital that right. day from giving birth. <laughs> uh, I got too hungover at the Prelude, and I didn't go back. Me and Tom went out to the Prelude and drank, like, a case of Bud Light Lime. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, I just don't feel like going back and spending $40. So I didn't go, and I regret it. Um, and then, of my, course, the next year I was working there. My three-day-old so. was there, sir. Well, he wasn't hung over on Bud Light Lime. I so. was on that good, good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and then a year later I was working there, and here we are. You did. I got my winner. You got yours. We'll see what happens. It'll probably be like... Who's your, like, wild card? My wild card is going to be Dalton Nelson in the Modified Race. I know I know who gets best appearing freaking car. It better. Shitter's full. That's right. Thank you. I'm glad you got it in there. Um, wild card for the late model race. Oh, boy. Um... A uh, modified driver, Florida oh, boy. It was Nimrod Johnson. <laughs> oh no, it's yeah. Uh, uh-uh. Nope. Sorry, not doing it. Not going there. Um, where's the entry list? I had it pulled up on my phone. Can I just read you the drivers and you just pick one? Yeah. Uh oh my God, Nick Noggle. It also says he's from Muskegon, Michigan. Well, that's... Wrong. Did they move? Because he's from... <laughs> no. I think he's, he's working from, in Michigan right now, though. He's so. from Canada. They might have just Jace put where Hansen, he's living. Jace Hansen. Nick Noggle. 
Michael House, Gia Ruggiero, John Bolin, William Thilola, Eric Jones, Luke Finhouse, Casey Johnson, Brad Krashelotsky, Brandon Watson, Brad May, Derek Krause, George Gorham, not George Gorham Jr., George Gorham, okay. Derek Griffith, mm-hmm. Austin Nason, Carson Hosevar, Jacob Gomes, Chandler Smith, Hunter Robbins. He should really let us. That's not, never mind. That's not who I thought it was. Hunter Robbins. Wait, is that the guy that's married to Joanna Long? Yes. Yeah, he should just let her race. Um, I saw somebody refer to him as Hunter Joanna Long the other day. Mr. Joanna Long. Uh, Ryan Luza, Corey Heim, Jesse Love, Connor O'Kresic, Sammy Smith, Billy Van Meter, Scott Sanchez, William Byron, Bubba Pollard, Casey Roderick, Josh Berry, Connor Mozak, Noah Gregson. Oh, Captain Underpants. Noah Gregson, Carson Kvapple, Harold Crooms, Dustin Smith, Jake Garcia, Daniel Dye, Derek Thorne, Connor Jones, Jeremy Doss, Michael Simcoe, Preston Peltier, Rocky Sampson, Jet Nolan, Jake Finch, Stephen Nassie, Boris Yurkovich, <laughs> Cole Butcher, Johnny Clark, Matt Craig, Hayden Plybon, Zach Telford, Trayton Tarr. You're reading it, and I'm still reading it? What the no, hell? No, keep going. Mm, Tyler Tanner, Michael Hine, Kyle Bryant, Ty Majeski, Blaine Roca, Tommy Catalano. <laughs> There's my wild card. All right. If, I mean, checkers are wreckers, baby. That's a pretty cool name to be on that list. Lenny White, Augie Girl, Eddie Van Meter. So that right there is a very impressive list. So, I mean, qualifying, locking in the top 20 or 30 or whatever they do, then those last chance qualifiers, that's going to be intense stuff. Um it, it's the who it's the Daytona 500 short track racing. It it really is. It is. It's a hell of an event. I think there's too much practice. I think it could be consolidated. Asked for the That's just me. Um, my wild card though, after Margot le- read that list, a driver did stick out to me, and that would be Ryan Luza. That is going to be my wild card. That guy came and raced for uh, I believe it was Jamie Skinner a couple of years ago at the Prelude of the Cup and won. And Matt Weaver was having a wet dream all over this guy. And I um, have now bad images of Matt Weaver. Well, I, I just I just mean that Matt Weaver was talking big about him. And I had never heard of him. And he's been on my radar ever since. And uh, he's floated in between rides and lost rides and didn't have rides, had nothing going on. And now he's, I believe he's driving for Campy this year. <laughs> and he's my wild card. The Zoom equipment pro trucks. What is that? The trucks that are racing that weekend. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's for Pensacola. What do you think about the wheelman saying they're going to rebrand? What are they going to rebrand to? Wheel woman. Wheel thems. <laughs> the wheel pronoun division. The wheel persons. The wheel persons. That's it. Ricky Brooks, if you do not change it to the wheel persons, you will not be legitimate anymore. <laughs> that is so 2023. Sure. Anyways, on that note, thank you guys for listening. I know it got a little crazy here on the second part of the show, but you know, when you don't eat till nine o'clock and then you come home and try to record a podcast. Uh, your girlfriend works because she likes to do a worky work. You could have eaten before I got home. You know, could have just done the whole show without her. Bye. I didn't. I waited for her to come back so she could be a spicy margarita. Any final thoughts? 
None. She has none. She's silent, ladies oh, and gentlemen. If you're at PR... Oh, that's not speak. I never mind. <laughs> Say that for the next show, would you? Um, if you're in town for the snowball derby and uh, you back your car into a fence and you need a fuel cell, call Race Car Engineering. They can get you hooked up with a Schultz fuel cell. Or you can buy a cheap one, but um, it won't last as long. And it'll catch on fire. Lord, I hope not. That would be terrifying, but whatever. You get what you get. Well... With that said, we'll be back next week to talk about some stuff. There'll be some racing going on. Thanks. And we will cover it. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, enjoy the rest of your racing season because we're winding down. This uh, final month of the year coming up. So appreciate y'all listening. And yeah, isn't that scary? When you put it that way. Uh 2023 is upon us, folks. So enjoy what you can get out there. Uh, Support your local short tracks, and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye.